Okay. Okay. Sorry, that was my. That's our intro. That's the intro. That's the sound Christina's been working on. Please stop. I feel good about this. I'm on a I'm on a flat surface today. I've got lots of things around me to absorb sound. Let's do an intro real quick first. Hey everyone, welcome back to our little pod. Oh my god, is that why is Pepper here? I don't know. You're not invited. Get out. Okay. Welcome back, everybody, to Please Stop Pod. I'm Chaz. I'm Katie. We're going to have a real intro very soon. My very good friend, Christina Manino, lovely, lovely girl, is working on that for us. Chaz is in New York right now, as we know, where a snowstorm is absolutely massacring the East Coast. How many inches of snow do you have? I don't know. I mean, looking out my window, there's like a foot on my fire escape. Holy cow. I remember those days. There's a family of doves who lives on it, which I guess they're dead now. I don't know. Yeah, they probably died because of snow. Do you ever wonder, are doves just glorified pigeons? Are they like... I think this all the time, actually. I think they're just white pigeons. They make the same noise. These doves aren't even white. They're beige, gray. So they are pigeons. <laughs> okay, look. Don't patronize me. I know a dove when I see a dove. I know poultry. I know birds. You know chickens. You only know one breed of chicken, actually. Name another breed. You can't. Silkies are my favorite. The most practical everyday chicken is Rhode Island Red. Luxury chickens, as far as they go, my favorite's a silky. Luxury chickens? Do they lay luxury eggs? They're beautiful. They look like... You? Me. <laughs> Yeah, white and fuzzy, fluffy. But yeah, the um, you do you ever wonder why we see so many pigeons? No one ever eats pigeon. I'm pretty sure people do eat pigeon somewhere in the world. But in New York, they're the most prominent. I feel in big cities, and no one. Why? Do, why are pigeons untouchable? Why do we eat so many other birds, but not pigeons? When pigeons, they say, are the huge contributing pests and cause a lot of issues. Uh, I'm not sure. They are a readily available source of protein. Why don't you grab one of those pigeons on your balcony, your fire escape, grab a fire escape pigeon, just grab it around the neck, pluck it, pigeon strip, cook it up however you do. I'm sure there's a HelloFresh for that somewhere. <laughs> and why don't you let me know how that goes? I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Okay, this is an anti-animal cruelty pod. No, we do not support animal cruelty or eating your local pigeon in New York or otherwise. I want to brag for a second because it is snowing in New York. There's a foot of snow on your fire escape and it was 79 degrees on Saturday in Austin. Okay, weird flex on your end. No one asked. So this is now a weather pod. Yeah. So we are just meteorologists at this point. Pod's over, guys. Pod was over to begin with. No one asked for this. No one said they wanted this. Something me and my childhood best friend, Sarah, used to do is mute the weather channel and talk over the meteorologists. And I feel like we created the original meme by doing that. We didn't even know. We were, our humor was so advanced. A meme is a static image, not you talking over the weather channel. 
That's not the same thing. We don't know what you're talking about. So back to pigeons. Pigeon pod. <laughs> Pigeon pod. Uh, did you invest in GameStop this week? That's a that's a fun relevant no. we can talk about or AMC or uh, I don't know any of the other things the kids on Reddit are doing these days. Dog, jo- dodge. You just want to bring up stocks because you want to brag about how Elon Musk and Grimes live in Texas now. You're right. I just only want to talk about things that are relevant to Texas and how much better it is than these places, you know, where the coastal elite, they think they can just keep moving to the great state of Texas as though I'm not one of them. The coastal elite. First of all, we don't even know where Grimes, where did Grimes used to live besides the obvious Mars? Didn't they both live in LA in like Silicon Valley because they had a child? They had to be in the same like space at some point in order to procreate. Maybe not though. You're no, it's Elon Musk. He definitely has a test tube baby. Teleport, telekinesis, his sperm, wherever he wants. It's Elon. Do you know how to pronounce his child's name? I have to Google it, but Archangel? It's like, yeah, Ash is the first name and like Archangel, I think, is the middle name maybe, or maybe it's a hyphenated first name. Um... Can't wait till that child turns 18. That child's going to be like Willow Smith, but times infinity. Jaden Smith. Both of them. It's going to be like both combined. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Why do you have them in there? They will not be kept out. So there are two cats in my apartment right now. One belongs to me. One belongs to my friend. I am cat sitting for her and they just are very opinionated. They will not be shut out of a room. They can't stand to not have access to where I am. They don't want to hang out with me. Like they don't want to be in here. They only want the option to come in and out freely. And if I take that away, they're going to make a bunch of noise. It's going to be a problem. I think that's most people in life. It's you for sure. In what way? It's definitely you. It describes you perfectly. You want the option. Yeah. You you want to be able to come to Austin just like on a whim. But like you won't actually do it. Like if I'm like, yeah, come. You'll be like, no, no, no. I have school. or I have to go to Vermont. But you're like, should I come? I like the option of knowing. And this is me with almost any area of life. I like knowing I have the option to come and go, but I don't, is that a commitment issue? The serial monogamer has commitment issues, maybe. I don't know if I would think of you as a serial monogamer. I started, my first relationship was from age 12 to 14, and my shortest one was like four months since then. I think that you have a healthy balance. I think I jump from relationship to relationship very quickly, and I'm never single long enough. Well, thank goodness you're not doing that this time. No. You could have been someone's queen this week, and you turned it down, so. Guys, uh, there's been a situation recently. I'm not going to jump to conclusions or assumptions that I there could be a possible stalker, but we, we're teetering on the certain lines of overstepping boundaries dating is scary i think everyone just needs to be careful out there yeah for those of you who don't know i broke up with my boyfriend in mid-december 
We dated since the end of 2017 on and off, so close to four years, give or take. We were each other's best friends. He told me I was the love of his life. We lived together very happily, talked about marriage and a family. It, it was very happy and a very loving relationship. Same humor, intense chemistry, regular and sexual, TMI maybe, whatever. However, I mean, I had to make a very difficult decision to end things just due to a lot of his self-sabotaging behavior from his unresolved issues, but that's his business. Again, I'm not here to expose anyone or anything. Um, PSA though, if you're in a relationship, you are not meant to be a fixer or a therapist. If the person needs to work on themselves, then let them go do that, but separately from you. It's not your responsibility. That doesn't mean the love is invalid or wasn't real, and you can always transition into a potential friendship if you feel comfortable. That doesn't work for everyone. For me, it has worked in the past, and I think it will continue to work, but we will see. I personally just don't feel it's necessary to treat the ending of a relationship like a death. Um, currently, I am feeling out a friendship with him. So far, so good. Um, but yeah, ending my relationship was the hardest and most empowering and selfless thing I've ever done for myself. I'm proud of me. I am dating again. And it's really fun, but at times it's really fucking weird. Like, the short time I've been dating already so much has gone down. And I don't want to be one of those podcasts like calls men out and all that stuff because I really respect people's boundaries and privacy, but there will be some code names used and some recapping done. Yeah, we're not here to expose anybody. We're not here to shame anybody no. for whatever whatever makes them happy. We're happy that they're doing all of those things. However, it do be getting wild out here sometimes. So we might take you along if the story's fun. Yeah. And Chaz had a very, I don't know if we could call it fun, but it was an interesting story this week. We won't get into it yet, but stay tuned. We'll save it for later. We'll save it. For, it was really fun until shit got weird. Shit got real weird. Um, yeah, we'll save that. <laughs> but speaking of dating, I've jumped on the Bachelor bandwagon. I don't know how to feel about that. This will not be a Bachelor podcast. Welcome to the bandwagon, first of all. We're happy to have you. I am a longtime fan of The Bachelor. I think the first season I ever watched was Brad Womack's second season. So I've been around for a while. If anyone wants to talk Bachelor with me, no, do it in do it privately. You can DM me. I'm on Instagram at Katie Does Things. Tell me all of your Bachelor things. I love talking about it. This is not a Bachelor podcast. No, but I do get the hype, the communal aspect of like getting in your group chat with your girls and your gays and like tuning in and all watching together. I, I, I like that sense of community. Chaz in fact started a group chat with our friends this week just so we could talk about The Bachelor and it were only allowed to pop into the group chat on Mondays and that's the only day we're active in it. That's how far in you are now. Katie and I have been thinking about starting a little advice portion just because that is something that I love listening to with podcasts. And I do too. I love an advice podcast. And I feel like we both have had such different life experiences, but such important and like 
meaningful life experiences that I think we could actually give some solid advice to people. I think I've gotten pretty good at taking my own advice and your advice, and I think vice versa. We've both, I think over the last year, gotten very comfortable with who we are as people and like have really worked on who we are as people so that we are now women that we're both really proud to be. Yes. And there's not so much this like existential questioning. Is what I'm doing right? Or is it cool? Or does it matter to whoever else? Like it's where we live for us. Well, I think especially when we both lived in New York, we were both in a very transitional find ourselves phase. Me more than you, for sure. Lacking stability, but just like flying by the seat of my pants, all of that. Now... I've, and also not being comfortable enough with solitude, hence the serial monogamer. It's funny that you say that like in your perspective, like you were going through that more than me because I think at the time I would have agreed with you on that. But now looking back and hindsight, of course, is always twenty twenty. I can definitely see the pattern that I was in. Which was what? Which I mean, I mean, very similar was this like serial monogamy pattern of just like jumping from one relationship to another and like not fully letting one go before moving on to the next one and not really like giving myself time and space to process things. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I it was like definitely a lot of decisions in my life in New York were made out of what I felt was like necessity, urgency level up to a hundred when I could have like taken some extra time as far as relationships yeah for sure decisions in general friendships relationships like the urgency of everything in New York felt very high I feel like everything in New York is like most things are very high stress and there's always a sense of urgency because if you don't lock something down someone else will because they're so competitive here with a job a relationship anything Literally something as simple as getting a good seat on the train. It's constant competition, constant, so much, so overstimulating. But I've, I'm not to toot my own horn, but I think I've gotten incredibly good at, at subduing the overstimulation and the outside, the extraneous noise and the, the distracting factors. And I'm able to just, <clears throat> just breathe now. I appreciate my solitude. I accept any place I'm at in life just feels like it's the right place I'm supposed to be. And I'm con- I'm more present. It used to constantly be like, things are going great, but let me act preventatively to ensure they'll consistently keep go- going great. Nothing can ever be maintained. It's either getting worse or better. And I have to constantly actively be pursuing something to to be better to be and be improved like I couldn't it's hard to sit still and I've gotten so much better at that I totally see that in you like especially over the last six months to a year I completely agree with you and I can really see it in like your character and the decisions that you make and the way that you approach things like you stand up for yourself and you always have it's not that you didn't do that before but you stand up for yourself in a way that is really truthful it's not just like being defensive to defend yourself and that's it but like the way that you really stand up for you and you stand up for like what's right for you I am very impressed by oh I do love you it's really nice (laughs) so you might not I do love you (laughs) 
I've been on the fence lately, but anytime you compliment me, I am reminded why I keep you around. I feel that way about everyone in my life. (laughs) I do appreciate that. It's, you know, again, our 20s is super transitional. And I feel like you're, now that you're 30, you probably agree, but it's like, now that I'm 29, nearing the end of the 20s, this transitional decade, I just feel more secure in everything. Normally, anytime I end a relationship, I already have another one lined up or I immediately start dating, literally immediately. And I just throw myself into like distraction and escapism and okay, the next companion because I do love companionship. I think everything in life is better shared. Every, the whole point of life. Why do we want our dream career? Yes, to be fulfilled, to be satisfied, but why do we need a lot of money from it to afford the things we love? Why? To attract a mate. Why do we want to attract a mate? Yes, it's validation. There's a social hierarchy we want to climb, but at the end of the day, we want companionship. We want someone to share our memories with. People And I used to think you have to be in a relationship constantly in order to do that, but relationships can evolve. For me, love doesn't have to have a beginning and an end. It just has a transition and an evolution. And I think when you realize that, you start your security in yourself skyrockets and you calm down and you don't break up with them and immediately jump to the next person. You process your feelings, let them evolve, but you channel that energy back into yourself. I think both are really valid and both are like there's good advice to be had in both of those approaches. I think it just comes from knowing yourself which approach you need after whatever breakup you're in. Like if you're going through that transitional phase, sometimes you are really ready to like move forward and like open the door to new people and move on and like just have different experiences. Sometimes you're really ready for that. And sometimes you do need to take you know, a step back and a little bit of time for yourself. And what better way to do that than in the middle of a snowstorm? (laughs) I know everyone thinks going through a breakup and a pandemic in winter would be the worst case scenario. That I thought about it before going through with it. And then I realized you can make excuses all day long. You can find the best in every scenario. You can make whatever scenario you're in work for you, you in that moment. I have gotten creative with socializing and dating and all of that. It's definitely outside my comfort zone. There's like a lot of of dates that end up, it's good because you end up talking way more because you don't get easily distracted because you're forced to either just sit on a couch or talk on Zoom or like, it's just a lot more talking than normal. But it slowed down my usual progression of, I need to hurry up and get back into another relationship. I need another companion immediately. All of my companions have evolved. You can still keep your companion. And it's also not like that's the only companionship in your life that matters. Like you have great friends. You have a huge network and like a community in New York that you love that you're a part of. That doesn't go away just because you're not sleeping next to anyone at night anymore. Right. But the thing, well, the thing that was so intimidating is during the pandemic, you know this, you and our other friend, Kim, who were two of my closest friends in New York, you both moved. And then I had a pretty hefty group of people I would consider best friends in New York. The pandemic has wiped them out. 
But recently, I've done a good job at forming new bonds. Not wiped them out literally. No one has died. They are alive. Pandemic <laughs> wiped them all out. All my friends are dead. They are no longer with us. No, but it's definitely, talk about, like, this is just the most transitional period probably ever of all of my 20s. Even more transitional, well, moving to New York was more transitional, moving to England was more transitional. But from an emotional standpoint, and from a self-confidence, self-respect, socializing standpoint, this has been the most transitional time. I'm closing out the chapter of my 20s on a peak of transition, but it's going really well. There's still, I've, there's still so much love. Oh, <laughs> there's still a lot of love from friends, family, like it's still all there. People don't have to treat breakups like a death and they don't have to go into a relationship constantly anticipating an ending or being obsessed with keeping it or making it better all the time. I think we all just I don't know. I just think it's really hard to be in the present moment and not get all these expectations because you end up self-sabotaging and be comfortable with where you're at and stop constantly looking for what could go wrong or what could be better or just just sitting still. I think that's been my last lesson in my 20s is learning how to just exist and be satisfied, not content, but satisfied with every every state you're at with career, friends, and love, find things you're proud of yourself for. Even if you're not where you want to be, or at least think you are, be proud of yourself for being on that journey and being on your way towards, like being on a path that's right for you, even if it's one completely different than you originally thought you'd be on. But just wherever you're at right now is always where you're supposed to be. Spoken like a true therapist. <laughs> Yeah, I guess this is this is our serious pod. Also, for the record, no one has asked us for advice about any of this. <laughs> We're just giving it. So what I've started doing is putting Aquaphor over my moisturizer to lock it in. So I'm oilier, oilier and slippier, slipperier than ever. Chaz is once again covered in oils like a slippery sliding slug. She is nothing but consistent. Oh my god, shut up, Pepper. That should just be the intro. <laughs> Where's Waverly? He is uninterested. Pepper is insisting on being part of this, though. He misses you. Do you miss him? No, not at all. Like, literally not at all. The amount of people stalking my story is getting so out of control. I can't believe that girl, <laughs> that other girl is watching your stories. I want to post something to see if she watches mine. That girl doesn't stink. What's her name? Stinky? <laughs> Is that her name? <laughs> Does Stinky watch your stories? I'm going to spit my water out. <laughs> Guys, okay, we just had to take a break because we had a laughing fit. Katie and I have a lot of, we got a lot of little creepers on our Instagram stories. You all think you're slick. I see, you're, it's very obvious. None of you are trying to be slick. If you're going to creep on someone's Instagram story, at least get a Finsta, like, tie-dye peace sign. They, there's that. I'll block the original account, and then immediately after, I'll have – one of them said doggy daycare yesterday, and it's, like, no picture, no followers. I'm like, 
Okay. All right. Pretty sure I can tell who this is blocked. Just keep blocking them. I, and people say, why don't you go private? Sometimes I do. I don't like the idea of having to hide from some little stalkers. I just, I block. Katie's, one of her friend is now watching my stories and I forgot her Instagram name, but I just remembered, I thought it was stinky. So <laughs> It's not, but I love that that's what you're calling it. So that's, that's the nickname now. Yeah. Who knows what she's hoping to get from that? Chaz is in New York. I'm in Texas, but like, good on ya. I will say it's flattering and I get people are bored. They're driving themselves crazy and all you can do is stalk I guess at this point but at least it's entertaining honestly keep keep stalking it's fine you can keep watching we're gonna follow you back though if you're private which I just did to one of one of my new followers did you follow stinky no it's not stinky I have no idea who this person is but they're private and they followed me like a few days ago and I didn't think about it until you just said that so I'm gonna follow back and if they don't accept my request in like 24 hours I'll block them yeah I think that's fair I don't know. I just think past a certain age, the whole fence to stalking thing's gotta go. Right. If you're gonna do it, just do it like stinky out in the open. I'll tell you right now, if you will laugh about it, but we do enjoy it. You can keep doing it. You're creeping up on me to see if whoever to to see if I'm a threat, I'll let you know I absolutely am. <laughs> None of Chaz's friends have made it through the pandemic because she actually murdered all of them. This is an official threat. I didn't mean a violent threat. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Katie and I have had our own fair of trolling on Instagram, though. We've had fun with it. We used to have our own Finstas and just... I've never had a Finsta. Hey. I've never in my life had a Finsta. Or we always get on mine. Well, I... Oh, yeah. I would definitely ask you to use yours sometimes. It wasn't even a... Mine wasn't even a Finsta. It was just my other Instagram. It was John Beignet Ramsey. A cute take on a popular Louisiana dessert and a murdered child. That is not your Finsta. Don't you even. I will come after you and expose you. This is now an exposing podcast. Jess had that Instagram. It was not her Finsta. I did delete my Finsta, though. Self-growth. Katie and I have trolled people IRL also. Our most recent little escapades involved going up to people who clearly don't have pet poodles and just saying, I love your poodle. They have to have a pet of some sort, though. It's not just someone who's walking down the street. It's like they're walking down the street with their, like, little dachshund or their golden retriever. And Chaz and I walk up to them and we say, oh, my God, I love poodles. What's your poodle's name? <laughs> and you just see if they correct you or not. Try it next time. Try it next time you're out in the world and you feel like interacting with people. You'll either get two responses. It's either disappointment or confusion. Yeah, it's either immediately, oh, it's not a poodle. <laughs> That's a chihuahua. <laughs> or they're just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> they just play along like it's a poodle. <laughs> Which says a lot about them. I feel like there's there's two types of people. And it's like a know-it-all who can't wait to explain their dog breed to you, which would be me. Or someone who's just go with the flow and just ap appreciative of the compliment, regardless, and easily gaslit. So regardless if it's a, a poodle or not, they're just happy to be there, happy that you noticed. Having a pet in New York 
I commend you if you do. It takes such responsibility, so much work ethic and ambition, like to have to go outside multiple times a day to pick up shit. It's not for me. My animal days are over. Anyway, it's a fun game. You should play it with your friends next time you're playing Truth or Dare. Dare somebody to go compliment a stranger's poodle when they don't have one. Katie and I are really prone to playing Truth or Dare, especially when drunk. It's something I initiate in most social settings. And people look at you like you're crazy until they're like 15 minutes into it. And it's very fun. I highly recommend it when we're not in a a pandemic. You can get creative. but Yeah, it's still fun in a pandemic, but it's definitely a lot more fun when you can be out and be social, you can definitely do some stuff in public. (laughs) You may or may not want to end up doing. You could ruin someone's night. I don't think you should. We always try to make it so that we're not like directly involving other people, but that wouldn't stop us from say, you know, going around a bar in between other people at their tables to sniff every single fake flower on a vine. hung on the fence around the bar but the key while doing it is for your group of friends to completely ignore you doing it so it looks like you're just there alone sniffing some fake flowers doing a cartwheel or two to yourself taking a selfie with a trash can katie this is not even that good of one but i think the favorite dare she ever had me do was in a it was like a very crowded outside patio bar And there was a bunch of trash cans very far away from the table we were sitting at with our friends. And I had to go over to one and take selfies with it alone. And Katie lost her shit. She thought that was comedic gold. We all thought that was funny. That was enjoyable to watch you do. I stand by it. It's fun to make your friend do something like that. Do you still have the pictures? Uh, they were on your phone it was your selfies you should find out if you still have them if we still have the photos we will definitely post them on our instagram stories i think i uploaded the trash can selfie as my linkedin profile picture never gonna get hired as a therapist (laughs) again these are all things that would cause me to want to hire a therapist yeah and if your linkedin profile photo is you and a bunch of trash cans clearly taken on an iphone selfie Let's talk about something very important to me, which is um, self-care during the pandemic and ways to keep yourself feeling good, namely giving yourself a wax. No one considers self-care, relaxing self-care, self-soothing to be waxing your vagina. It's not about soothing, but it is about self-care because don't lie to me. Do not even try to tell me you don't feel your best right after you've gotten a wax or like I know you laser, but like it just makes you feel really, really good about yourself. And it is something I didn't want to give up during this pandemic. And so I didn't. (laughs) But it has resulted in just an absolute adventure of at-home waxing. It is a wild time out there. Do you know why I feel so great after a wax? Is because my adrenaline is going through the roof and I'm trembling and I'm on an adrenaline high because of the amount of pain I just endured. That's what's happening at home too, for the record. Like it is, oh, I don't, have you ever done this? Have you ever tried to wax yourself? Yes. And I, I I didn't go through with it. I had to like carefully pick the wax out of, you know. Oh my, wait, no, no, no. Once it's on there, it's got to come off. You got to be doing it. What you picked it out. 
I feel like from an evolutionary, an evolutionary standpoint, we have self preservation techniques where you can't, you physically should not be able to subject yourself to that much pain. I could not get, I couldn't get my hand to pull off the wax. I will tell you, it is an exercise in willpower because it's like, okay, you just have to get past. You're like, all right, if I put it on, it's got to come off. So you got to talk yourself in to putting that wax strip down because once it's there, you know, what goes up must come down. It's got to come off. So it doesn't have to come off. You can also tell yourself, look, this was a mistake and I'm going to live with this piece of paper glued to me for the re- for the next three years. It took probably an hour to to get it out, but you have to usually cut it out. Oh my god. I know. You think that sounds worse than pulling it off? I mean, I do it. I have done this multiple times now during lockdown because I just haven't felt safe going to a waxing place and I don't want to put them in that position. But it is, I mean, it's wild. You literally, I have to have a fan blowing on me. This was a hot tip given to me by my friend. You have to put a fan literally in front of you because you get anxiety sweat. Like once you start putting that wax out, like it's just like immediately I am like stress sweating thinking about having to pull this off. And like definitely your heart starts racing a little bit. It's a whole situation, but the fan is crucial because it dries you off enough that like the sweat isn't a problem but if you're sweating like just the waxing is not going to it's not going to work right this is katie's um advice on self-care mine is this is my advice that still no one has asked me for no one's asked and i don't blame them i can see no one will ask ever again either because this there i'm telling you there's just no pain like getting waxed so my advice on self-care is honestly just going on a run. It's not face masks and it's not a bottle of wine or like a tub of ice cream. It's literally just going on a a run. Get the endorphins going, zone out, get your heart rate up, your circulation up. And listen to, I listened to, (laughs) my friend Sterling got me into Abraham Hicks and it's very, very hippie spiritual. But honestly, I usually am not into that sort of thing. But this is legit. Like, it, I listen to a 15-minute pod of hers every morning. There's little different snippets on the Apple Pod app. But Abraham Hicks, start your day, little motivational spirituality. It's not as silly as it sounds. That Or listen while on a run. That's my advice. Do you have any self-care tips that don't involve inflicting pain? I mean, I would argue that you can get every single one of those benefits you've just listed from giving yourself a wax. You did mention endorphins from like going through the pain. (laughs) And you do certainly (laughs) get your sweat dripping. You get your heart rate up. Like all of the same things can be achieved by giving yourself an at-home wax. I'm just saying. But outside of that, I feel like my whole life is self-care. That sounds insane. But like, I really do mean that. Like everything that I do most days is an act of self-care. You're going you're gonna to have to elaborate. I like myself a lot. So I just view all actions as self-care. Yeah. And again, the beauty of being past your 20s, you like yourself a lot. That's true. Oh, okay. I know my serious one. My serious one is uh, slow mornings. Those are my favorite things in the world. 
if you can find the time at least once during the week to give yourself a very slow morning, wake up without an alarm, do your little workout routine before you have to start your day, make a good breakfast for yourself. Like even if it's just once a week on a Sunday, my morning that I choose is Tuesdays because I don't go to work until noon on Tuesdays. Just like take some time in a morning for yourself like and do all of the things that make you feel really good and set up for your day. Because that to me is like that's how I start my week and it just makes me excited to like go into the next week. I like – I don't like – okay, slow mornings give me anxiety, but everything you listed I do. So like I wake up, I either go on a run or get on my exercise bike. I do a little mat workout, either a little – I do a little yoga. I do a little target toning, do little weights, literally five minutes of weights, shower, breakfast, school, whatever. But like I don't look at that as a slow – I don't know. I think I get guilt from relaxing. That is something I'm still working on. I don't have that. I I have that. Like – I talk so much about being present and in the moment and enjoying your solitude, which is all those things. But if I'm not actively doing something, even like I, it's just hard to feel like you, it's hard not justifying why you're sitting still and doing nothing. I could justify that all day long. I love to do nothing. I love to, (laughs) I don't know. I think that again, though, is something that's like come with, growing up because there's definitely been times in my life like especially coming out of college like when I'm so used to every single minute of my day is productive in some way or another and getting out of that it does take a couple of years of reprogramming to be like oh it's okay if I sit on my couch and watch Bravo for a couple of hours and like I don't feel guilt about that I guess that ties back to how I've gotten better at not doing back to back to back, like from a relationship standpoint, but from an everyday standpoint, I'm not there yet. I feel the need to do something back to back to back. I can't have something on my to-do list and anticipate it with a break in between. I have to go full force through my to-do list. And then after I've earned the relaxation, I can. And once I'm in it, I appreciate it, but I have to earn it, which is not the healthiest mindset. Well, uh, so here's my question about the morning routine that you described, because you do do that most days. Like, I've lived with you enough at this point <laughs> to know, like, how your mornings go. And, like, that's a very accurate description. Like, she, it's not just she does that, like, once or twice a week. Like, she does that every single day. How long does all of that take you? Well, now that I've switched up the order, my workout takes an hour, and then I go right into the shower. But... If I wake up and don't do like if some one of my chunk of my routine is missing, like if I don't work on school or if I don't work out one of those things, I get so much anxiety over it. Maybe it's a little OCD. I don't know. I think that's how I maintain control over my life is just being consistent in my routine because without that, like you said, I do this every single day. I want to get to the place where if I skip a part of my routine, I can still be chill and not, it doesn't affect me. But I think a lot of people can relate to that. Especially in New York, we talked about how overstimulating everything is. If I can have control over my at-home life in whatever takes place in my apartment, if I'm controlling that and being like, not militant, but like very consistent with it, when I leave my apartment and enter the chaos of New York, 
I feel like I have a more stable, sound mindset, which is probably the only reason I'm still living here because of this ridiculous, strict routine. I don't have anything to say about that. (laughs) I feel like you're giving yourself therapy and I'm just listening to it right now. That's a cool routine and I'm happy for you. We could talk about the most recent date I went on. I'll let you. I think we definitely should. However, my laptop's about to die. So we gotta we gotta cut this one off here. But I think next week, we should definitely discuss your most recent dating adventure. Because this is a perfect example of one of those things when I first met you. If you had told me the story, I would have been like, she's making this up. This did not happen. Like some part of this is embellished. But, like, there are screenshots, there are receipts. <laughs> Maybe we'll post them. I had a witness. Yeah, there there are witnesses. Like, all of this is true, and it's crazy. I had my friend with me who was in such disbelief of the things that were going down that she took pictures. You have videos. <laughs> videos, audio recording. I'm telling you guys. Yeah, next week we'll touch on that. But again, respectfully, we're not mentioning names or giving any identifying factors. No, all you're doing is talking about your experience as it was lived by you. You're going to share your truth next week. (laughs) This is my favorite dating story you've ever told me. It's got literally everything. Stay safe out there. Till next week, be safe.